Well, let the church say amen. Very, very fitting tribute to uh, Sharon Ray, and great to have all of her family uh, with us here today, and uh, just to celebrate uh, a lifetime of service. And again, it's it's this is not the end. This is just celebrating someone that's long overdue uh, to be celebrated. And uh, thank you so much for uh, being here today. Always love to hear Penny up here. You just never know what's going to come out of her mouth. I, I want to hear a little bit more about that uh, Tijuana experience. I think I think that's where they were headed, but we didn't get all that story. But uh, who knows? Maybe there's more to it. But uh, so glad to have you with us today. It is our Faith Promise Sunday, and this is something, if you've been around here, or if you've been part of the Church of the Nazarene, this is something we do once every year where we make uh, commitments to missions for the next year. And uh, again, for some of you, it's old hat. You know what to do. But for others, this could be the very first time you participate in this. And uh, this is going to be exciting. I want you to get ready and uh, just pull up to the table and let's see what God has in store for us today. It, it's not just going to be a, a service that is directed at raising funds for uh, overseas missions. It's stuff right here at home as well. But at the core of this is the DNA of what a Christian is. A Christian, a Christ follower, is someone that has pledged, that has promised to give their all to God. And uh, so we can be partners together uh, in Great Commission Fulfillment. Kevin shared that scripture earlier. And God has a place for all of us in this. So don't anybody just think, well, I'll take a pass today. No, this is for everyone. Get your Bibles. Let's uh, get some scripture. I think you'll understand this lesson. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Jesus tells a story, we commonly refer to it as the story of the Good Samaritan. But let's just go ahead and read the whole background and the story, pray, and then we'll get into the Word. Luke chapter 10, and we're going to pick it up at verse 25. Luke chapter 10 and verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, he's trying to test Jesus, but this is the question of all time. This is the question, again, for every one of us today. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied there in verse 26, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? Verse 27, the man answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live spiritually here in abundance and eternally. Do this and you will live. Verse 29, but the man wanted to justify himself. 
So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Now, that's an important question today. Love God, love your neighbor. And the guy says, who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, here's the story, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, Jericho is actually north of Jerusalem, but it's a difference in elevation. So he's going to go down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. And this was a known route, and it had a lot of twists and turns, and it was known for bandits. It was known for people that would hide out and take advantage of travelers. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Verse 31, a priest happened to be going down the same road. This scripture is almost like, you almost think we're getting ready to tell a joke here. There was a priest, there was a Levite, and a Samaritan. So this, 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 verse 31 says, a priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite. When he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. Verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, the others saw him, but they passed by on the other side. When the Samaritan saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor? To the man who fell into the hands of robbers. Jesus tells the story, and then he asked the guy who asked the question, which one of these was the true neighbor? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Now here's the message for all of us today. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Heavenly Father, as we would attempt to open this word today, I pray that you would give us wisdom, you would give us guidance, you would give us direction, and I pray that every one of us would be able to walk away from here today understanding more and more what true religion really is. What it means to follow Christ is to give of ourselves totally and completely to those around us We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And everyone in agreement say, Amen. In your notes, and uh, we've not been handing out sermon notes as you come in, but uh, there are some out on the uh, Welcome Center table 
on Sundays as you come in if you want to pick some up. A lot of you have them on your devices, on your phones, online. So uh, get your notes, and right there in the introduction, fill this in. Faith promise is an act of faith. Faith promise is an act of faith that promises to give a specific amount for mission outreach at home as well as abroad. Now, again, for those that have been around here, you know all about this. But uh, let me just break it down. This is not a pledge. On purpose, we do not use the word pledge. What we're going to ask you to commit to is a faith promise unto God that over this next year, you're willing to give above and beyond our regular tithes a special offering that goes towards missions. Now, on the seats around you, and again, you should be able to access this online, YouTube and Facebook, there's a handout that shows the breakdown of our Faith Promise budget for this year. Our goal is $75,000. And that may sound like a whole lot of money, but i got to be honest, folks, a church our size, we ought to be on up around the $100,000 mark if you want to know the truth. And so you'll see numbers filled in, and the big majority of that $75,000 goal is what we call our World Evangelism Fund. In the Church of the Nazarene, and I, I just believe this, I may be a little prejudiced, but I think we have the best mission program out there. We have uh, uh, missionaries in over 170 world areas uh, there's, the, there's an actual number of countries, but then we have what we call creative access areas that we don't even name because we have missionaries that are in places around the globe today where Christianity is illegal and they would be persecuted if not put to death if they were found out, and yet they are sharing the gospel. They have given their lives to the point that they're willing to say, even if it costs me, we just sang about this a little while ago, whatever it costs, Lord, I give you my life. And so the big, big budget uh, number for our, our faith promise goal goes to fund missionaries all over the world, and you're giving, oh, this is what's exciting, when you get to heaven one day, you're going to find out that your gifts made it possible for someone to find Jesus as Lord and Savior. I really believe that. I, I think it's going to be one of the, the, the greatest aspects of eternity is to be able to see some of the fruit where we have invested. You say, well, I didn't give a lot, but God takes a little and he turns it into a lot. So every gift is going to be important today. And then you'll see there's, there's other items. Um, one that I'd love to... Take a little time and talk about, but with this whole COVID-19 virus and the world situation, just not sure yet, but our plan tentatively is to have a Midland Valley Community Work and Witness trip next May into June to Scotland, where uh, Steve Fountain and Tasha Allison are ministering. There's four Nazarene churches there that... Steve has uh, already began lining up work for us to do, but we would love to take a team from here, adults, teenagers. Uh, it, it can turn into a trip of a lifetime 
When you get to see uh, a little bit of a bigger picture of what the church is outside these United States of America. So uh, that's going to be a, an exciting event that will take place hopefully next spring. That's, inv- that's included in this budget. There's a lot of local things. Now, some of the numbers are not filled in there. And, and uh, that's where I'm saying we really could do better than the 75000 we, we, we've got uh, uh, areas that, that we could give even more, so let's not be stingy. Let's just be as generous as we can, and we will see Great Commission fulfillment, not only around the world, but right here at home. We'll talk more about it in days to come. But uh, let's get into the Word now, and I want to just show you three different attitudes towards helping others. Again, this is the, this is the Christian's DNA. We, we, we give to live, and we live to give. That's the DNA of a Christ follower. So this is for every one of us here today. There's three attitudes represented in this story that we read from Scripture. Here's the first one. Number one, write this down in your notes. You have robbers. The Scripture tells us there were thieves, there were robbers, there were bandits that took advantage of this guy that was headed from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he, 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 he strips this man, these robbers uh, beat this man, they went away leaving him half dead. Now, the mindset of the robber, write this down, what you have is mine. I'll take it. The mindset of a robber, a thief, is what you have is mine. And I'm going to take it. Now, I don't think I have to spend much time on this part of the sermon. I don't think we have a lot of robbers and thieves in here today. We have commandments from the Old Testament that say, Thou shalt not steal. In fact, that's command number eight. And I think we all know how wrong stealing is, thievery is, robbery is. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. I think we get that. Although I will throw this in, command number eight, we probably don't struggle with, command number ten. Says thou shalt not covet. And whereas command number eight is dealing with physical stealing, thievery, robbery, command number ten is dealing with a mindset that wants to take something that is not theirs. And I just point that out because I think in the church we probably struggle with that one more than we do physical stealing. This attitude that I want something that somebody else has. And, and I would even bring it so far as to say this. We look at somebody else's gifts and talents and I want that instead of what I have. I, I love Penny's line, her and Sharon. Grow where you're planted. God has gifted you in ways that he's not gifted anybody else. You are special. You are uniquely qualified to serve Him and serve others. 
So you don't have to take from anybody else. You don't have to wish for something that you don't have. Use what you have. Use what God has given you. So the first part of this story deals with robbers. Their mindset is what you have is mine. I'll take it. Quickly go to number two. Write down priest and Levites. Priest and Levites. Now, let's just put this in today's language. The priest would be the preacher. The Levites would be probably uh, the, the praise team. Uh, if you want a real picture of this, let's just say uh, Pastor Gallimore is the priest and Mike McAdory would be the Levite. Or we could put Kevin Seymour in there today since he led worship. But the Levites were the ones in the Old Testament scheme of worship. They would lead praises. They would do uh, manual work around the temple. So you got these people that have been ordained, set aside to lead worship. These are the religious people. Okay? These are the ones that look good. Oh, there's the priest. There's a Levite. And yet... Amazingly, in this scripture, remember the context. What's it going to take to get to heaven? What, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? How do Christians live? And Jesus tells this story, and it's almost unbelievable. The priest and the Levites, the professional religious leaders, don't get it. And they see, the Scripture clearly says they saw the man. They saw a need. We're going to present a need to you today. As, as we've already talked about, there are people that need the Lord all over the globe. They saw the man and intentionally they went to the other side of the road and passed by. Now, I guarantee you, if these priests, if these Levites were here today, they would have justified what they did. And a lot of you know this from the Old Testament, but there were strict qualifications on the priests and the Levites, those that were involved in temple worship. A priest could not go near a dead man. A priest could not walk through a cemetery. They would become unclean, defiled. And here's a word we've all learned lately. They would be quarantined. Literally. For several days before they could come back. And so the, the priest, the Levite, they'd probably come up with a reason why they did what they did. We thought the man was dead. I can't go near. We're going somewhere with this. The attitude of the robber, what you have is mine, I'll take it. Write this down. The attitude of the priest and the Levite, what I have is mine, and I'll keep it. I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to make sure I look good. I don't want to get my hands dirty. I don't want to be inconvenienced. You realize how inconvenient ministry is? You realize how messy 
ministry really is. Let's learn from this lesson. God did not call us just to be professionals when it comes to religiosity and look the part and and keep the rules so that we can check them off and say, look how good I am. All the while we're patting ourselves on the back. There's someone dying. There's someone hurting. There's someone who's lost and needs help. But the robbers, I mean, they caused the problem. Their attitude is what you have is mine. I'll take it. The priests, the Levites, they didn't help. What I have is mine. I'll keep it is their mindset. Now go to number three. Write down Samaritan. There was a Samaritan. Now, a lot of you know this, but Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. And the Jews, they looked at Samaritans kind of as, let's just say, half-breeds, interlopers. Uh, they, it, was, it was political difference. It was religious difference. And you understand, this is all in the Jewish culture, this story. And yet it's amazing how many times in the New Testament Jesus makes Samaritans the hero of the story. I love that. you got the professional, religious, look good. I've kept all the rules. I've checked off the boxes. And then this, they literally, the Jews called the Samaritans dogs. There was a Samaritan who comes upon this man that the priest and the Levite saw pass by on the other side. And the Scripture says that this Samaritan, when he came to the man, saw him, took pity on him, went to him, Look at all this intentionality. Bandaged his wounds, poured on oil and wine, took the man on his own donkey. This is inconvenient. This is going to cost something. He takes him to the end. Somebody has to pay the bill. He puts him in the hotel. And uh, he tells the innkeeper, look after this guy. I'll come back and check on him and I'll reimburse you for any extra expense after he gives the two silver coins. So write this down. The attitude of the Samaritan is what we want because it's the DNA of a Christ follower. What I have is not mine. I'll give it. Oh, I hope you see that today. This can change your life. This can change your attitude. Not what you have is mine, I'll take it. Not what I have is mine, I'll keep it. But what I have is not mine. I'm going to give it. That's a picture of total surrender unto God. That's a picture of someone that, that is saying, I, I get this. I understand that it's not my will, but Christ. The last command of Jesus should be our first concern. Go into all the world. 
share the gospel. Maybe there is someone here today that God might even call you into missionary service. Wouldn't that be incredible? If we had someone that just sensed God calling them. Remember, it costs something to be a Christ follower. There was another man that came to Jesus. We call him the rich young ruler. What do I need to do to get to heaven? After they got past, love God, love your neighbor. I mean, that's the answer. That's it. But then Jesus says, put it into action. Go sell everything you have. Give to the poor. It's amazing how many times through Scripture, the level of our Christianity is pretty much determined by our level of giving. Didn't get one amen in here on that. Now, you know me. I'm not a health, wealth, prosperity preacher. But I promise you, if we are going to be a true follower of Jesus Christ, not just a professional-looking Christian, but if we're going to be a true follower of Jesus Christ, we give till it hurts. What that means is we give to where there's actually some inconvenience probably. A lot of our giving is done out of abundance, if we'd be honest. But when we get into sacrificial giving, that's where this Samaritan goes. It costs him something. It takes time. But when we're willing to do this, we are practicing what Jesus modeled for us. Now, you don't have to turn, but here's a couple scriptures. Philippians chapter 2 Listen to this description of Jesus. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Paul said, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look out not only to your own interests, nothing wrong with taking care of yourself, but also to the interest of others. And here it is. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. I mean, if anybody had reason to say, look at me, it's Jesus, but he humbles himself, made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Let's learn from that today. What I have is not mine. We're asking today for a tangible commitment over the next year, I promise, Lord, and again, this is not a pledge. We're not going to send you a bill. We're not going to come after you. This is between you and God. A faith promise above and beyond even our, our regular tithes. And watch what happens. We make a promise to God, and God makes a promise back to us. You know that. It's reciprocal. You, you follow me? He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You give unto me. How do we do that, Lord? Uh, who's my neighbor? Wherever there's a need. That's our neighbor. That's who God has put in our pathway to be a light, to be a witness to. And now the Scripture says, I always tell people, interpret Scripture with Scripture. The Lord says, you give, and it shall be given Unto you. And you can never outgive God. How many know that? Say amen. You can never outgive God. The scripture says, Give and it shall be given to you. I love this description. Press down. 
shaken together, running over. My uh, mom and dad, years ago, kind of introduced Tammy and I to, well, really yard sales, flea markets, thrift stores. And I want to tell you what, Tammy hooked in right away. And she'll tell you, her, her, her fashion secret is Goodwill, Salvation Army. But uh, it was so funny, years ago, my mom kind of took Tammy in under her wing, and she said there's certain days you go and you get better deals. Now, I mean, it's already just a dollar, but now, you know, it's going to be half price. And Tammy got all excited, and then mom said, some days they have bag sales, and they'll give you a bag, and everything you can put in there, you get for a dollar. And I'll never forget my mom showing Tammy... In that store, get the bag, get the clothes, and if you roll them up, and if you press them down in there, you can get more. There's more space. And boy, Tammy, she, she just loved that. I mean, just the more, the merrier. Let me tell you something, folks. When we give to God, the promise is He's going to give to us. Now, it may not be in monetary form, but how many know there are some blessings that you can't put a price tag on? I mean, the thrill of knowing that maybe you helped someone find Jesus. You can't put a price tag on that. What's the price of one soul? Give and it shall be given to you. Press down, running over. Now, now, as we, as we start wrapping this up, let me give you a, another scripture. Because this is where sometimes I think out of obligation, we Christians say, oh, it's the mission message. And yeah, we better give something. You know what? Don't let that be your motive. This is where we get into hilarious giving. This is where we get into cheerful giving. Not because I have to, but because I want to. When we understand this is what a Christian is, this is the DNA of every Christ follower. We're going to partner with the Almighty in getting the gospel out into the whole world. We can have part of that today. But let me just give you this little warning, and it comes out of the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi. And listen to this phrase out of verse chapter uh, 1, verse 8. When you bring blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Now let me just give you a quick context there. In the Old Testament scheme of worship, every trip into the city of Jerusalem, there was an animal gate, and every tenth animal... Sheep, cattle, whatever, would be marked, and that would be offered unto the Lord. That's the tithe. Ten percent. The people thought they would get smart. I'm going to kill the animal anyway. Why don't I let them mark the sick animal? You get that? This one's been lame over here. This one's, this one's ill. Let's mark that one and sacrifice it. And God said, don't dare do that. And the lesson there is we give God our best. Our first, not the leftovers. 
And I love that little phrase, try that with the IRS. Try cheating them. Why would we want to take advantage of the privilege that God gives us to share in mission outreach? So today, I want this mindset to be what drives us. What I have is not mine. I'm going to give it. It just reinforces our stewardship message at the beginning of the year. God owns everything. Just last Sunday, I was really proud of Tammy. haven't even told her I was proud of her, but I did publicly, so there you go. There's a guy that uh, got saved here two weeks ago. End of the service, came down and gave his life to the Lord. And he was back in church last Sunday. That's always a good sign when you get saved two weeks ago and then you come back the next Sunday. And, uh, I mean, it, it was a real deal. And, and he, he was sharing with me last Sunday some needs he had. And uh, on the way to church last Sunday... Tammy was telling me as she was getting ready, she found a $10 bill. And she was all excited. You know, it wasn't something she thought she had. She just unexpectedly found it in her drawer. And, and she was on, on the way to church. She's telling me, I'll buy lunch today. And she, here was her plan. We're going to go to Crystal. <laughs> I wish she'd have found a $50 bill. <laughs> But she'd already decided, I mean, you can buy 24 hamburgers for $10 at Crystal. And, and so we're all excited. we got a plan after church. We're going to go to Crystal, get our drive through And I didn't even know Tammy was behind me as the man's telling me his story about a need. And, and it wasn't big. But as I started to turn around, and I was thinking, well, you know, here's somebody. Are they just asking for money? And Tammy comes up to me, and she said, the $10 bill. She said, give it to him. I was thinking about that this week. That's exactly what God wants us to be. It's people that just understand it's not ours to begin with. You say, well, that's easy. She found that money. I worked hard all week for mine. God gives you the ability to work hard all week. So everything belongs to Him. And at the end of the day where there's a need, so today we come to you, and say there are people that need the Lord in a world of almost 7 billion people, we can have a part in Great Commission fulfillment. So I want you to take the little card. This is how we're going to close this morning. I want you to take the little card that should be lying around there on some of the seats. And if you don't have it, you can get one right after the service. And again, you should be able to access, access these online uh, on YouTube as well as Facebook. There should be a link. And just love for you to fill out what your promise to God over the next 12 months. And, and there's some people that can make large gifts. There's some that it might be small. It doesn't matter. But would you put into practice this mindset today, what I have is not mine. I'm going to give it. Heavenly Father, as we just take a few moments now to respond, and, and there might even be somebody, we'll, we'll, we'll drop these in the boxes as we leave out here today, and there's people doing it already online.
There's people that are sending them in. But Lord, I pray that we would do this because we want to. And I just feel impressed. There's some people that have never participated in this. And today is going to be the first time. And I pray that it's going to be an experience that they'll never forget. And they're going to understand today that they're investing in the lives of men, women, boys, and girls all over the globe. And Lord, I pray that this is going to result in the salvation of many. So Lord, take our gifts today. Take our promises to you. And would you in turn continue to promise us your faithfulness. And Father, we'll give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Let's all stand.